Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the first chapter of John and picks up with the story of John the Baptist after he's been baptizing people uh, in the River Jordan, and he's baptized Jesus. The next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Here, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which means, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And you may be seated. Come, Holy Spirit, and light our hearts with the fire and the joy of your love. Amen. How did you learn about Jesus? Some people have these dramatic conversion stories, maybe a, a voice from heaven calling to you or going to a church service by mistake, led by the Holy Spirit, and then responding to an altar call or something. I read a story this week about this gang leader who's been in solitary confinement for years, and in solitary confinement, he had this vision of God speaking to him, of Jesus dying for him on the cross and addressing him by name. Sometimes that is how people come to know Jesus. Sometimes God works that way through that kind of direct revelation to people. And certainly in our story today, that was true for John the Baptist. In this gospel reading, we hear John's dramatic testimony. We don't know how he got into the career of baptizing people. He doesn't tell us how it was God called him to be a prophet. Although if you remember his father Zachariah's story, he probably didn't have a whole lot of choice about his career. But he does have at least one incredible moment in his life where he hears God's voice speaking to him. When he baptized Jesus, he saw the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. 
And as Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record, God's voice from heaven announcing Jesus' identity, this is my son. And maybe some of you have had a similar experience. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online because you've had a direct encounter with God. God can do that. Most of us, though, don't seem to get that kind of clear evidence, the direct message, the voice from heaven. Instead, most of us learn about Jesus. We meet our Savior because someone tells us about him, another person. And the Holy Spirit is always the one responsible for drawing us to faith. And usually the Holy Spirit is working through other people. And for me, it was growing up in a family of faith, hearing the good news week after week in church, going with my parents and my grandparents. And I can point to my baptism as an infant, as a moment when God claimed me, but I don't remember it. And I don't remember ever not knowing who Jesus is. And I suspect in a Lutheran congregation, many of you have similar stories. Maybe moments when you can point to when you grew in faith, times when you encountered God, times when you learned more, but not necessarily a particular conversion story. That is okay. There were still people, maybe even people you don't remember, who taught you about Jesus, who watered and fertilized your faith so that you could grow closer to God, grow in faith. And of course, some of you do have a particular person or a particular moment, a person in your life you can point to. That's the person who introduced me to Jesus. Wonderful. I think that there are a lot of advantages to growing up as a Christian, and I am incredibly grateful for the faith that I learned from my parents and my grandparents and my pastor and youth director and in Sunday school. But there are times that I wonder if it might be easier to share my faith, to tell others, to help others learn about Jesus, if I had that dramatic testimony story. And I wonder if maybe you've ever felt that same way. We have a word for this idea of sharing your testimony, sharing your story with people, inviting people into faith. You know what that word is? It's called evangelism. And Lutherans in general, and many other Christians today, not just Lutherans, but many Christians today tend to be a little bit afraid of that word. When I hear evangelism, I tend to picture one of two things. Maybe you're with me on this. First, I picture somebody like maybe Billy Graham preaching to a huge crowd, calling people forward, and everybody in the stadium streams down to the altar to turn their life over to Jesus and leave sin behind. Very few of us will ever have the opportunity to stand in front of a crowd like that. Or there's another picture that comes to mind of evangelism. This is what you get when you look for a stock photo of evangelism. Going door to door ringing doorbells, handing people maybe a pamphlet or a tract or something. And this one's an option. Some of you are here today. It's not a bad option. Some of you are here today because a previous pastor did that. That's usually how churches start. And sometimes I worry, quite honestly, that I should be doing that and that maybe I'm not a good enough pastor because I really don't want to go down the street and knock on doors. I will say the culture has changed especially in these last few years, and most people 
don't react well to a stranger coming and knocking on their door. There was a salesman on our street over on Norport on, I think it was Wednesday, for a window company going door to door. If you look in the local Facebook groups, there are a lot of people alerting others so they can shut their doors and not let this person in. And this was a legitimate business, as far as I know. People don't like when you knock on doors. So if that's something you're called to, fantastic. God can work that way. It scares me a bit. (laughs) And yet, as followers of Jesus, we are trusted with the greatest story ever told. The story of God's love for the world. The story of God's action around us and in us. The story of Jesus. And we don't have the option of just saying no to evangelism, keeping that story to ourselves. We are called to share the good news. And not having a dramatic conversion story doesn't let you off the hook. Because you and I still have a testimony to share. We still have an experience of God's work in our lives. And we're going to be talking in this congregation a lot this year about how we share this good news, how we share the story God has trusted to us. And I talk about it quite a bit. You can read next week in my annual report. But I think today's scriptures give us some great examples of evangelism. Because evangelism does not need to be complicated. We don't need tracts or huge crowds or five-point outlines or something. All that we are called to do, all God is calling us to do, is to share our own testimony of where we've seen God in our lives, what God has done for us, and then to invite others to experience what we've experienced in Jesus. John, John the Baptist, has an incredible experience But his witness, his testimony is simple. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. He tells the people around him about his experience. Psalm 40 that Everett read is another great example. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He's saying, this is what God did for me. I was at this low point in my life. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was literal and he was in a cave, but I suspect it was more an emotional low point. Everything's falling apart around him. And God rescued me. God gave me hope. I don't know if it's, again, one particular moment in his life or just about purpose in general, but at some point, we've all been there, right? We've all been We've all had times of wondering what we're doing, why we're here. And Jesus gives us purpose in life, pulls us out of whatever pit we're in. And maybe you feel right now like you're stuck stuck in the miry bog in the pit. And then this testimony is for you. God is the one who can rescue you. And when you've had that experience of being rescued, Once God has helped you regain your footing, then the psalmist continues, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Our response to God's action is to give thanks, to praise God. That's why we're here today, to praise God, right? And when we share the stories of what God has done, Others see and believe, and the Holy Spirit works through our stories. 
Verse 9, I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. That's evangelism. Sharing your story of God's faithfulness. Sharing your story of the hope and the grace and forgiveness that you have found in Jesus Christ. Back in the gospel reading, I think that Andrew might be the single best example of an evangelist in the Bible. Later in the story, Paul and Peter and others will preach to large crowds of people, and it'll say there's thousands of people converted joining the church. I prefer Andrew's example. Look at what he does. John 1, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him, that is, followed Jesus, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now, the people who are reading this book that John is writing, the first Christians who get this book from him, the story about Jesus, they know who Simon Peter is. They might not know who Andrew is, but they know who Simon Peter is. Some of them were probably in those huge crowds that Peter preached to. They came to faith through Peter's testimony. But maybe they don't know who Andrew is. So who's Andrew? Well, you know, Simon Peter's brother. We all know Simon Peter. So one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. So this is our example of evangelism. When he heard the good news, as soon as he realized who Jesus is, Andrew goes to find his brother, and he shares this news with him. And his testimony isn't really anything special. This is right at the beginning of the story. Andrew knows basically nothing at this point. He, he hasn't seen Jesus teach. He hasn't seen Jesus heal people. He certainly has not seen him rise from the dead like we have the story of. But somebody has told him the good news that this Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed, the one who is the Savior from God. And Andrew cannot keep this news to himself. He goes and finds his brother and tells him what he knows. And then verse 42, read, read this one with me. It says, he brought Simon to Jesus. Read that again. He brought Simon to Jesus. That is evangelism. That is what you and I are called to do. Our job, the reason that we exist as churches, is to bring people to Jesus, bring people to meet our Savior. And from there, it's up to the Holy Spirit. It's up to God to work on people's hearts. Here, when Simon meets Jesus, Jesus looks at him and calls him, gives him a new name, Cephas, which is translated Peter, which means rock. And later Jesus will say, on this rock I will build my church. But Andrew is the way that Peter learned about Jesus. Have any of you ever heard of someone named Albert McMakin? That name ring a bell for anybody? He's not well-known. I could not find a picture of him. I did find the year he died, a little bit about his obituary, but I couldn't find a picture even. I heard about him from Nicky Gumbel, a speaker. In 1934, so when he was 24 years old, Albert McMakin was a farmer outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was not a professional Christian. He was certainly not a pastor. He'd never taken systematic theology class. 
In fact, at that point, he had apparently recently become a Christian, and he was excited to tell others about this God he'd found, that he'd learned about. And so he had these friends, and he wanted to take his friends to hear a traveling evangelist speak. That used to be a thing with evangelists going around and speaking. And the evangelist was named Mordecai Ham. Anyone heard of him? Really? I found a picture of him. Um, I didn't put it in, but I I did find a picture of him. He has a Wikipedia article. But anyway, there was a farmer's son nearby whom Albert particularly wanted to invite along, thought that he would really benefit from hearing this evangelist. But this guy was not really very interested in Christianity. And eventually, Albert managed to persuade him to come along by asking him to drive the truck for the group. This is 1934. Maybe that was a big deal to get to drive the truck. I don't know. But he persuaded him, would you come and drive us to hear this guy preach? And when they arrived, Andrew's guests decided, well, as long as I'm here, I might as well you know, go in and not just stand outside. And by his own account, writing later, the guest was spellbound, listening to this evangelist. And he came back night after night until one night he went forward and gave his life to Jesus Christ. And that man you have heard of because during his life, Billy Graham led hundreds of thousands of people to faith. Not all of us can be like Billy Graham, Probably none of us can be like Billy Graham, but we can all be like Albert McMakin. We can't all be like Peter, but we can all be like Andrew and invite someone. You can be the one through whom someone hears about Jesus. And if you're listening this morning, you have a testimony of what God has done for you. God has brought you to this point, and you know somebody who needs to hear that testimony. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul says, you and I are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. God is making God's appeal through us. God works through our stories. And I'm confident enough to say there's a friend, maybe a family member, somebody that you know who needs to meet Jesus. And today I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you think of that person? Think of somebody. Ask God to give you a name of somebody in your life, and would you commit to praying for them? So Leslie has some cards that I asked her to hand out. So I'm going to ask you to take a card and write their name on it as a reminder to yourself. And if you're at home watching, you don't have a card, that's okay. Use a sticky note or something. And if you think of more people, you can use a sticky note at home. But put this card, write somebody's name down, And then put the card somewhere where you'll see it. And then the important part, actually pray for them. I don't know for how long, but pray for this person. Pray that they would find joy in Jesus. That they would know the love of Jesus. And then if the Holy Spirit moves and gives you an opportunity, invite them. Introduce them to Jesus. Or invite them back to faith. And maybe that means inviting them to this particular church. That's great. Maybe it means somewhere else. That's fine too. Growing this congregation, trying to fill our pews is not the point. I'm going to keep saying that all year as we talk about sharing the good news. The point is not so we have more people in our pews. The point is so that people know Jesus, so that we lift them up in prayer and ask for the Holy Spirit to move in their lives so they may know God loves them that they may know Jesus. The point is for them to know the good news, the good news that we have, that God has trusted to us. 
I know Leslie's still walking around. That's okay. <laughs> I, sorry. I'm going to invite you anyway to join me in prayer and bow your heads with me. Gracious God, thank you for all of the people who have passed on the story of your love throughout history. Thank you especially for those who have introduced us to your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, give us the courage to tell others about you, to share the story, to invite our friends and family and neighbors to come and see what you are doing. Work in the lives of those people whose names you have placed on our hearts that they may come to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.